You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be any place else on the face of this earth than where I am. This is Angels Recap Hot Stove Edition on Angels Radio and on the AMA30 Radio app. Brown swings at that one, lifts it high in the air, hits it pretty well out into right center on the warning track, and that ball is trouted here! He hit it out, it just kept carrying. You're home for the most in-depth news and insight all off-season long. And swinging is Ohapi, lifts a high fly ball. This is carrying deep out into left center. It is out of here. There's a swing and a ball that's lifted high and it's hit deep out into right field, tight to the line. And that ball is out of here. Mickey Moniak gives himself a birthday present. It's one nothing Angels. From Angel Stadium, here's your host, Trent Rush. One final installment of the Hot Stove series here for this Angels Recap radio show, podcast, whatever you're taking it in today. Boy, I'm glad you are doing that, and I'm happy to be with you here. Spring training is on. Man, pitchers and catchers have been in camp for close to a week now. You got the full squad working out a couple days. Now, a lot of comments, a lot to get to, a lot of drama already. Hey, look, it's not Angel Spring Training if we don't have a little bit of drama to get into. We're going to do that coming up on the show uh, over this next hour. I'm excited to be with you today. And look, here's the deal. It's you and me hanging out today. We're not going to have any other guests. And I know that we've had a great opportunity to spend some time with a lot of important angels coming into this season. Talking about Mickey Moniak. Talking about Joe Adele. Nolan Shawnawell. Logan O'Hoppy. Mike Trout last week. We had Taylor Ward on the show. If you want to hear from them, well, all of their podcasts are available at angels.com slash podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, review, be involved in the show, all as a part of the Angels Recap Podcast, and I invite you to do that. But today, it's about you and me. Today, we are going to go through this roster. We're going to go player by player. We're going to hear from a lot of players and discuss a lot of the happenings going on in spring training. Because with everybody there in camp, I feel like we are just starting to get a little bit of a glimpse as to maybe what we're going to see this season out for the Angels. And I know that expectations outside of the organization – May not be all that high. What DraftKings project 71 and a half wins? I saw I was watching John Boy earlier today, and that's what they were talking about there. I, by the way, I think the John Boy guys do a great job. I, I think 71 and a half is, is insanely low for a win total. But that being said, I kind of get where, where maybe the, the guys in the desert are thinking, okay, the Angels won 73 games last year, and you know, you lose Shohei Otani, that's got to make the difference for a game and a half, at least, you'd think. But I think it's deeper than that. I think surface level, you can look at that, and that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I get that. But we don't stay surface level on this show. We go deeper on this show. And there are a lot of different things that I think are worth getting into. And, again, over this next hour, what I really want to do is I want to talk about the big storylines in spring training. I want to talk about a lot of the different position battles we might see and just get a, a, a good overall perspective on where the Angels sit right now here before Cactus League game starts. The first games are on Saturday. Begin against the Dodgers, the first one. Before we get into games, before we see any on-field action, we got the guys in camp. We got a lot of microphones around. We got a lot of comments being made. And I think it's worth getting into a lot of that here. So we're going to do that. And I want to get things started with the impact of Ron Washington. You heard part of his quote at the very start of the show where we played you Ron Washington. Here is Ron Washington's quote in its entirety about this being the place for him. To be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be any place else on the face of this earth than where I am because I think we have an opportunity to do something very special here and I'm just trying to get that mindset going in that direction and now we just got to go on the field when we go between them white lines and put that mindset and that vision to fruition. That's what we're talking about when we say that there is a different sense about what's going on with the Angels. It starts right there and I don't think that you can say it enough. I don't think that 
it's going to even be that easy to understand until it starts to come around July, August, and we're seeing some changes. Now, I get out to spring training. I, I report to camp on uh, March the 1st is my first day that I'm there. And when I get there, I'll be curious to see how camp is different because I hear that it is. I mean, that's what Ron Washington's been talking about. I mean, here he is also talking about just, you know, the kind of atmosphere he's trying to bring to Angel Spring Training. The atmosphere around here is a little different than it's been in the past. And um, I think everybody got the message that uh, I want all leaders, um, Rendon and Mike Trout, to be the head ones. But uh, um, I just want everybody to feel like what we're doing is important to everyone. Yeah, it's important to everyone. What I mean by the atmosphere being different, uh, the work ethic to me is high. And if we can maintain that level of work that work ethic, it's going to relay into our games between the lines. We're just trying to develop high-level work ethic. Um, everything we do out there on the field, we take it serious. Um, there is intent in everything we do, and I want them to understand what that intent is instead of just doing it. And um, then it becomes important to them because we are making it important to us. I think that this begs an existential question. How many wins can a manager actually mean for the organization? How many more wins is Ron Washington going to earn for the Angels? And I actually think that those are two different questions. Because the Ron Washington skill set is a lot different than a lot of other managers. I am of the belief... That I, I think that if you have a, a really atrocious manager, that atrocious manager might lose you a couple games. I think that if you have the greatest manager of all time, that manager might be able to win you a couple games. And I don't know how big of a gap there really is in that. But what I do know is that when you have team needs and you can bring somebody in that is a direct addressing of those team needs – it's going to help a team progress. I don't know that you can necessarily put a win total attached to what that means because it changes everything. I think Ron Washington and what he brings changes everything. Just kind of like how for Texas, like how many wins? If you if you look, if you want to let's let's go let's go like data into this, right? How many how many wins above replacement was Bruce Bochy for the Texas Rangers last year? I mean, he managed the bullpen really well in the playoffs. They didn't have a whole lot of horses to go to in that bullpen, but managed to get through it. You know, they, they go from you know being a 100-loss team to all of a sudden World Series champs in two years. I would think the manager has something to do with that, but how many like in-game moves did Bruce Bochy make that, that helped the Texas Rangers win games last year? I, I don't know that answer. I really don't think it's much. I really think that if you tried to attach a number to it, I don't think you can. I guess that's why we don't. But I know that Rangers' culture totally changed, and their belief totally changed. And I'm hoping a lot of that comes with Ron Washington, who, by the way, you know, we were talking about that 71-and-a-half number a moment ago. Ron Washington has, has never managed a team that's you know, won fewer than 75 games. I, I think this Angels team is going to be a lot better than what the national perspective is, is right now. I don't know that a lot of people understand what's going on here with the Angels, but when I say the skill set of Ron Washington – I think about the 91 unearned runs that the Angels gave up last year, far and away the most in baseball. The Angels were not a good defensive team in 2023. Well, what's Ron Washington really good at? Defense, especially infield defense. I mean, that to me is going to be an area where the Angels are going to be a lot better right away just with fundamentals and coaching. Like, I don't know how much has to change for the Angels for them to be, like, instantly better defensively. I think that's going to be a huge step forward for the organization, to just be better on defense. And what's better defense mean? A lot of times it translates to better pitching. I mean, you're not asking your pitchers to have to get you four outs in an inning. You only have to get three outs. Makes a big difference. You know, Patrick Sandoval is one, and I know that, you know, I I have. I've come down hard on Sandoval sometimes, and I know a lot of other people have. I've I've been tough on Sandoval before for like, man, like, I know your defense lets you down, but you got to go right there and pick him back up. But when the defense is letting you down so much, at a certain point, that's going to weigh on you. And you do expect the great pitchers to be able to rise above that. I'm not saying Sandoval's one of the greats. I'm, I'm just saying he has a chance to be pretty good. And you can help him be better by playing some nice defense behind him. 
And that goes for the entire pitching staff. The Angels were a much better defensive team in 2022 than they were in 2023. I don't think that it's a coincidence that that correlates to pitching numbers. The rotation was really good. It was a top 10 staff in 2022. It was a bottom 10 staff last year. I think the defense has a lot to do with that. And that's one area where I think Ron Washington makes an instant, instant impact. I also think that Ron Washington's ability to hold people accountable and really drive home the work ethic, I think that's going to be really important for the Angels. And just hearing... Ron Washington speak just a moment ago. We heard him talk about you know the leadership, and it's not just Mike and Anthony. It's it's the whole group, and, and you need, you want leaders in there. And, and he's going to be able to create an environment that's going to, I think, support that in a really positive way. So I, I think about Ron Washington and what he brings. Okay, defense. That's a huge thing. That's tangible. But I think Ron Washington also is going to be really good for the intangibles. We haven't even gotten into the in-game tactician stuff. And if you want to look back at the last handful of managers the Angels have had, I don't know that, like, you know, like, especially like the last two, like Joe Madden and, and Phil Nevin, I don't know that in-game tactical stuff, sure, you can criticize, you know, the bullpen moves. I think that, you know, every fan base is, is going to be critical of their manager's usage of the bullpen. I think every fan base talks about that, and you can go through any manager. I think that is that's a big part of it. Maybe except for the Rangers and Bruce Bochy last year, everybody else is is talking about that. Doesn't matter who you are. So I don't know that I'm going to hold you know that much against them on that. I don't I don't think that Joe Madden's a, a poor tactician. I don't think that Phil Nevin is a poor tactician. I don't even know how good of a tactician we're going to see from Ron Washington. I hope he's good, but I don't know that that's necessarily what I'm looking forward to most with Ron Washington. I'm looking at culture. Like, Joe Madden talked a lot about the same things that Ron Washington has talked about. But we, we, we heard it from Joe, but we never really saw it come to fruition on the field. And, and there are a lot of reasons for that. COVID might have been part of it. You know, you have, you have the COVID season, and then you have a really long losing streak. When it, you know, in year three, when you're just starting to kind of get things going a little bit early in the season – And a change had to be made. So we never really got to see that culture part that Joe was talking about come around. The difference with Ron Washington, I think you're already seeing the culture because the tone of work ethic is being established in spring training that this is the most important thing. And you're going to go and you're going to get your work and you're going to be better for it. We're going to bring in good coaches and we're going to ride you. And the players that need to be ridden, we're going to ride you. The players that need some support, we're going to support you. And I feel like Ron Washington is really good at understanding that tone. You know, I was listening to some comments that Ron Washington had made earlier today, actually, about Joe Adele. And part of what he was saying with Joe, and I'd play the audio for you, but it didn't sound that great, so I'll just kind of paraphrase here. I, I thought part of that was, you know, he had said that Joe Adele was somebody that, you know, with all the talent he had, he, he just kind of felt like he was internalizing it all and... and Having been a big-time prospect and, and you know being, a, being told how great he is his whole life and, and having all of this, he, he felt like he could fix it on his own. That, that you know what, I, I, don't, I don't need anybody else. I'm gonna, I, I know what's wrong with me. I'm going to fix it myself. And that was kind of the approach that Joe had before. And Ron Washington has talked about, well, he just had Joe in his office. And all of the hitting coaches are working with Joe now. And he's getting Adele to talk about what's going on. And figuring things out and, and, and being able to cut down the strikeouts, hit for more contact, but maintain that incredible power that he has. Like, that's the plan for Adele. It's a similar plan for Moniac, but the Adele one is fascinating because you see how high that ceiling is. And I, I guess Moniac is, again, is the same way. But I think just by handling a player like Adele differently, and you don't know what's right or what's wrong, you certainly don't know what's wrong until you try it and it doesn't work. And I think we're there. And now it's kind of that make or break time for Joe Adele, where he's going to have to figure it out. And I feel like Ron Washington and this entire Angels coaching staff couldn't be better for someone like Adele. That's going to make a, a major, major difference. So what's the impact of Ron Washington? How many more wins do the Angels get because of Ron Washington? I don't know that answer, but I know that when there is a total culture shift 
when everything changes, when you're playing without the pressure of worrying about, oh, if we don't go to the playoffs, we're not going to keep this guy. You you don't have fifty thousand cameras or <laughs> exaggerating. You don't have, but you, not exactly about fifty. You don't have fifty cameras in the clubhouse at all times, looking at everything going on. You're going to be able to play a little bit more under the radar this year because I, I feel like the Angels, from a national perspective, are going to have to earn that attention again. They got it when Shohei was here. They had it before that with Trout, Pujols. Well, Mike is still here. Coming into this season, the Angels are going to have to earn national love, and I think that's okay. Because this might be one of those situations where when you have the young talent the Angels have with a star like Mike Trout, fine. Let's, let's, let's let the national bar be set low and go shock everybody. Go play without expectation. Play without the pressure of, of constantly being worried about it on a day-to-day basis. Oh my goodness, if we win this game, we're going to the playoffs. If we lose, we're not. And you know, If we don't go to the playoffs, we're not going to keep this guy. And, and all this stuff that's perceived when at the end of the day... The Dodgers gave Shohei Otani $700 million. You know, who could match that? That's that's what it boils down to. So, I mean, a lot of the pressure is internal, but at least now there's not that added external pressure. I think that's going to be good, especially for a young team. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Is there a person on planet Earth better at managing young players, teaching them how to become Major League Baseball players than Ron Washington. You have Ron Washington for the defense. You have Ron Washington for the intangibles. You have Ron Washington for developing talent. Nolan Shonowell was in the minor leagues for 40 days. Zach Neto was in the minor leagues. Less than that. About the same time. You look at these players that the Angels have. Logan O'Hoppy. At least in the Angels, spent very little time in the Angels system. He was spent a lot of time in the Philly system, sure. So did Modiac. But not a lot of time in the Angels system. You have all of these young players that have shown that they can compete at the major league level. So what are you going to do with them now? Because they pretty much skipped playing minor league baseball. Well, you can't just stop. You can't just get to the big leagues and, okay, this is my skill set. This is who I am. No, it does not work like that. You have to earn it, and you have to keep getting better and better and better every single day. Development continues to be a critical part of the Angels' success because there is so much young talent here. We're going to get into the young talent coming up in a moment. But when you have this kind of group, as young as they are, With the ceiling as high as they are, you have to support them as an organization. You have to support these guys with everything you can to maximize that potential from your internal options. And Ron Washington is as good as it gets when it comes to player development. Player development at the major league level is hard to do. It's why almost nobody does it. But the Angels are okay with the hard. They're taking on the hard. And they got Ron Washington to facilitate that. I think that's going to be a special thing to watch this year. Certainly looking forward to that. Looking forward to a lot. I'm looking forward to the other side of this quick break because we're going to go player by player through the Angels roster, figure out what the lineup could look like, and just get you ready to go for Angels spring training right around the corner are the Cactus League games. Can't believe it's already happening. It's here. Man, baseball. Pitchers and catchers are already in camp. You have you know, full squad workouts are already going on. This is big time. Baseball season's upon us. My name is Trent Rush here in the finale of our Hot Stove Series, part of Angels Recap and the Angels Recap Podcast, right here on the radio as well, Angels Radio AM830 and the AM830 app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Angels baseball is back. Glad to be with you. My name is Trent Rush here. Angels recap hot stove edition. The final hot stove part. It does feel a little bit strange calling it hot stove when spring training is here. The you know pitchers and catchers have been there for a week. You have the full squad already reported to camp. Uh, everybody's. I think today is photo day, by the way. So they're going through all that. That's a real enjoyable day for the players, uh, by the way. They love that. They love going around and doing. Uh, they call it the media car wash, kind of going around, and you have a bunch of different stops you got to get to. Uh, all the production folks get their stuff done for the season. I've been there many times as a part of it. Uh, what I have found is is to get the best from the guys, uh, when you're able to, to get a little away from that a little bit, it generally uh, is kind of nice. It's harder to, to get them all at once, and there's no no real good way to do it. I feel like the Angels do about as good a job as you can, uh, but it's a day of uh, spending a whole lot of time doing the other stuff and a lot less time playing baseball. So one day a year, you got to do that, um, and then it's uh, right back to the field to go get your work done. That's what it's about. Ron Washington making you do the work. I love that. Hey, that's what it takes. That's what success requires. And uh, somebody that, uh, as somebody that is a firm believer in that, I am really happy to see uh, what Ron Washington has going on here. Okay, uh, let's go position by position for the Angels as to what they're going to look like. We're going to do this, and then I'm going to give you what I think the opening day lineup is going to look like when uh, Ron Washington puts pen to paper and and fills out that first lineup card on opening day in Baltimore. Starting with the catcher position, for me, this is a no-brainer, and I feel like for the first time in a long time, it feels really good to have a catcher you feel great about. And it's amazing to feel great about somebody that we've seen have 196 at-bats in his career. We've barely even gotten a taste of what Logan O'Hoppy can be. But I will say that last year, and essentially a third of a season, to get 14 home runs from that guy is a big deal. That is real power. And I am going to let the cat out of the bag on this. I am. Uh, I really enjoy fantasy baseball. I, I like to play uh, with my friends and... You know, I'm in one of those you know super nerd leagues where you have minor league players and you try to develop guys and you get them all through. It's it's a, it's too much, really. Everybody, almost all, everybody in the league is somewhere in baseball. It's it's really fun actually, um, but it's super dorky, super nerdy. Maybe the nerdiest thing that I'm a part of. Um, and I am stoked to have Logan O'Hoppy as a keeper that I, I feel like I'm going to have for this season. Because from a fantasy perspective, when I see 14 home runs and a third of a season out of my catcher, I mean, that is massive production. And seriously, looking at Logan O'Hoppy, I mean, he may end up being the five hitter in this lineup. I mean, I'm not going to, you know... I'm a big Buster Posey guy. I'm not saying that Logan O'Hoppy is necessarily going to be Buster Posey, but I do think that we're talking about a player that has all the intangibles, that has the leadership qualities that you love to see. He just turned 24 years old. He is someone that is obviously a very good offensive player, but I think is going to do a lot for the pitching staff as well. I think Logan O'Hoppy is somebody to feel really, really good about coming into camp. It's just one position you don't have to worry about, and when that position you don't have to worry about is the catching position, that is a huge deal. And here's Logan O'Hoppy uh, talking uh, in, at the clubhouse or in the clubhouse the other day about being back in camp. It's an obvious fresh start for everybody, and um clean slate and then I think we all needed it and uh, yeah I'm excited to be here and get going learn from the older guys that have been here and done it and and obviously stay out of their way but getting our stuff done as well so consistency I would say is the big word and yeah trying to build on that going forward so here's the deal with Logan O'Hoppy so he's not happy about his season last year and we had him on the podcast and if you get a chance go listen to it I thought the the O'Hoppy interview was especially enlightening 796 OPS last year that's really good and he's still rookie eligible by the way uh, I take that back. He has exceeded rookie status, so he, he's not uh, he's not rookie eligible. But um, looking at Logan O'Hoppy, okay, so 
796 OPS, 14 home runs, 29 RBI. When I look at the 14 homers to 29 RBI, that means there are only 15 other runners that he drove in besides himself. I want to see those RBI numbers go up a little bit. I think they will. But again, we're talking about a third of a season. The 236 batting average is something that Logan is not happy about. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was hitting 280 before his injury. Suffers the labrum. That would have been a season ender for a lot of guys. But for Logan O'Hoppy, finds out that he's got this injury. He goes, okay, what's the first day I can come back? And they told him, and he's back that day. That's Logan O'Hoppy. He, he wants to be out there. And I, I think Matt Theis is, is more than likely going to be the backup. The Angels did bring uh, Francisco Mejia to camp. I'll be curious to see what Mejia can do. Uh, along with uh, Chad Wallach, who we know. Uh, But Francisco Mejia, uh, somebody, I I mean, he's 28 years old. I mean, he's got seven years of major league experience. I don't know, as a a backup catcher. Um, I'll be be curious to see what he does there. To me, that's like a a smart non-roster invite. That's that's a good use of of the NRI. Uh, see, See what he can do. And on top of that, you know, you have depth at that catching position, you know, maybe maybe you end up with a situation uh, where you have Ohapi and Thice coming out of camp, but, but yep, Mejia and Wallach that are at AAA, and now you have catching depth. I think you'd feel good. I think with those four names I just mentioned, I feel like you would be fine if any of them were catching games for you. And, that, I mean, that's obviously a position for the Angels that has been worrisome at times over the last handful of seasons to, to have that locked in. I feel like that's a a real positive for the Angels right now. Okay, let's move over to first base where we're going to see Nolan Shonowell, I think, is going to be the guy. Now, the Angels did bring in Evan White. Uh, Miguel Sano has been working out. I believe he's still in the Caribbean. He might be in the the, uh, Angels' Dominican facility. But I I think the Angels are going to get Miguel Sano back in camp at some point. That's an interesting one. I, I don't know. I don't know what's left in the tank for Miguel Sano. I know what what he can be at his best. For Evan White, I know what he brings defensively. I don't know where his bat is going to be at the major league level. We haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's coming around. I don't know. What I do know is Nolan Shonowell gets on base, gets on base, and gets on base, and he is planning on being the first baseman. And Ron Washington was even making comments about maybe Shonowell being the leadoff guy for the Angels. And if I have a player that is going to get on base every night, I'll put that guy in front of Mike Trout. 29 games in the major leagues, he was on base all 29. I think that that is a sign of a player that obviously understands the strike zone at that age. I thought he said something interesting when we had him on the show a little bit earlier this winter where we talked with Sean Well about drills that he would do where he'd go into the cage, and if he swung the ball or took a strike, he just took himself right out of the cage, and that was it. Couldn't hit anymore. And he has talked about putting in crazy work this offseason, changing his body, doing everything he can to be on the field for 162. Like, Sean Noel wants to play in 100% of games for the Angels this year. Man, I love that. I love that. I hope it works out. I hope he does. You know, there's a lot of other factors that, that come into play there, but I, I do think that you know, Nolan Shonowell is the number one prospect in the system, already has big league time. I feel like all of that is really important for the Angels. And I think we're going to see that be a position of strength. That being said, strength is going to be important for Shonowell because we haven't seen a whole lot, at least in terms of getting extra base hits. You know, Nolan Shonowell last year, three doubles, one homer. And he had 30 hits, 26 of them were singles. Okay, had a lot of singles. Uh, walked a lot, had more walks than strikeouts, had 20 walks to 19 strikeouts. We'd like to see 19 strikeouts cut down and 109 played appearances, but, it's, you know, okay, we'll, we'll work on that. But we're talking about a player that had an on-base percentage of over 400 in a year in which he began the season playing for Florida Atlantic and ended up in the major leagues. That was the 2023 for Nolan Shonawell. And when many say, "Yeah, you know what? You know, we'll just uh, we'll just take it easy in the off season and, and rest a little bit." It was a big year. Um, no, a little different approach for Nolan Shawnwell as he looks to get uh, back out there. And like I said, the guy wants to play every single day. I love that. I got to see Shawnwell keep that up. He's got to be able to get on base, and I need the defense to come around a little bit as well. And I guess that's why you have Evan White in tow, right? Because if Shawnwell takes a dip and has a sophomore slump or can't figure it out defensively, 
you have options. You can move Brandon Drury over there, which again, I'm not saying Drury is like you know God's gift to play in first base. I don't you know defensively, Drury's fine. He's fine. Um, you have Brandon Drury for his bat, but you know for Nolan, you also have Evan White, who you know is is a sure glove, and I feel like any team can withstand. Every team can withstand having one position on the field that's not providing them offensive value as long as they're providing you defensive value. And because Logan O'Hoppy is as good of a hitter as he is at the catching position, most of the time it's your catcher that doesn't hit. So you can afford to have, you know, somebody else, you know, if, if, you're, if your catcher's hitting, you can have a shortstop that may not be hitting and be all right. It's rare to see that at first base, but you know Nolan Shawnwell getting on base as often as he does, and that that means something to me. Speaking of Brandon Drury, I think he's the second baseman. If if it's not him, it's Ringifo. I, I probably, if I were to put pencil in a lineup right now, I would have Ringifo as my second baseman, and I would have Drury as my designated hitter. That's how I see it. Um, you know, let's just talk about Drury because I think we will see him at second base a fair amount. I, I think that he might have had one of the more underrated seasons last year. The guy had an OPS over 800, 803 OPS last year, 262 batting average, uh, 26 home runs in 485 at bats. I mean, played 125 games for the Angels last year. And, and again, I mean, those are solid numbers 26 homers, 83 RBI, 262 average with an OPS over 800. What more do you want? 803. Um, that was that's a very good year for Brandon Drury, and the thing about Drury is that's pretty darn consistent, and you know that's basically what he was in 2022 uh, when he hits, you know, for when he was with, with Cincinnati and and San Diego in that 2022 season, he was 263, 28 homers, 87 RBI, 813 OPS. So maybe just a very slight tick better the year before, but virtually the same guy each of the last two seasons. Uh, that gives me confidence. At 31 years old, to bring Brandon Drury back after those two seasons, that's consistency, that's solid. I like that. I'm not, you know, you're not going to win MVP votes with those numbers, but that's a solid bat to have in your lineup, and you feel good about that. As far as Ren- Luis Renifo, though, how he goes – this is a player that, again, the sky's the limit for me. 264 batting average last year. I like that. It's two years in a row. He's been at 264. Um, had that 17 homers in, in 22, 16 last year, uh, 52 RBI in 22, 51 last year. So, and, and that was, you know, last year was his age 26 season. So that's two players in Drury and Ringifo that each of the last two years, virtually identical. You know what you're getting in those two. And, the difference between them is I feel like you have a higher ceiling for Rangifo. I think Drury is who he is at this point. I think Rangifo, there, there might be some more still in there. And maybe he steals a couple bags. He only took six bags each of the last two seasons. I think Rangifo's got more speed than that. Can Rangifo be a 15 stolen base guy? I think so. There's no reason for him not to be. And I also like, you know... Um, Oh, oh, you know, on base percentage was a lot higher last year. He went from 294 and 22 to 339 last year. I like seeing an improvement there. I think Luis Ringifo is going to be an important piece for the Angels. I'm very curious to see what Ringifo is going to be able to bring to this ball club. I think the talent is there. We've been we've been knowing about the talent for some time. Been hearing about it. Now we're seeing consistency two years in a row. And if he's out there and you have Drury as your DH and Ringifo who also can play shortstop, can also can play third, you're going to be able to mix and match because I don't think the Angels are going to have much bench. I think the only infielder on the bench you know, could potentially be Thice as your catcher. I think that you're going to have to plug and play a lot when you're talking about mixing things up uh, in regards to Rangifo, Neto, Anthony Rendon, and Drury. I want all of those guys in my lineup on a regular basis, but knowing that, okay, Drury could also play first, that Ringifo can play three of them, that Neto could play second if he needed to. Um, you're, because of that, you're going to be able to move guys around a little bit. And that's, that's a good thing for the Angels, for sure, to have that kind of flexibility. So that's what I like at second base. I think that Zach Neto is is the clear-cut answer at shortstop. I, I think that it's, it's crystal clear Neto is that guy. And I do want to see the offensive production improve for Zach Neto because he did only hit 225 last year. And down the stretch, I felt like his numbers kind of petered off a bit. He still had nine homers, 34 RBI, and that's in 84 games. 
If Zach Neto is a 20 homer guy at shortstop, my goodness, you know, um, if you're if you're going to get 20 homers and 70 RBI from Zach Neto, and, and that would be doubling his production from last year, but I expect him to play in, in twice the games because he's got to be able to stay healthy and it will be starting the year at the big league level. You know, maybe asking for double that is too much. But even if it's 15 homers and 60 or 55 RBI, that's a lot of production. And that's someone that at 22 years old last year got raced to the major league level um, and has an opportunity to, to be pretty darn good for this ball club. I think you like where he's at defensively. He made some flashy plays. He's getting better with the routine. And this is a, another player that, with Ron Washington, has a chance to really excel. Like, if I'm the Angels and I'm making my managerial hire, when I'm considering Ron Washington for the job, part of the reason why I'm considering Ron Washington is because of Zach Neto. Like, I think Neto does that much for you. I think the talent is off the charts. I think the the potential is really high. Can he get there? And what do I need to do as an organization to support that player to be, you know, who he could potentially be? I mean, a former first round pick that, you know, you are relying on. And these are young players. Like think about who the Angels are leaning on in really key spots when you're considering you know, the fact that you're talking about a catcher and a shortstop are your two primo positions defensively on the field. Catcher, shortstop, center field, right? I mean, you, you go up the middle. And where are the Angels strong? Well, they feel strong about their catcher, but he's young. He's 24. Uh, you feel good about your shortstop, but he's young. He's 23. And then, of course, you have Mike Trout out there in center field. So where the Angels are building is up the middle. It's where their best players are. But it's just you're talking about some young guys. So to to be able to maximize that talent is going to be really important for the Angels to do that. So having Ron Washington for Zach Neto, I feel like, is going to be a really big deal. By the way, speaking of Neto, here he is uh, talking about what it's like being back in camp. It's, it's always good having those veteran guys, you know, being able to guide us and things like that. And, you know, being able to share the locker room, share the same field with them and things like that. And, you know, being able to go out there and compete. That's all, all of our goal in mind is to compete and win every day. You know, Ron said it since day one. The biggest thing in the offseason is just mentally prepare myself to just slow everything down when things are going good, when things are going bad for me. Um, just being able to slow everything down and take it one step at a time. The Ron Washington impact is going to be significant on Zach Neto. The Anthony Rendon impact. I think is going to be significant on Zach Neto. I know a lot of folks have questions about Anthony Rendon, who has missed a ton of time over the last couple of years. Uh, his entire tenure with the Angels has been limited. He, he had 148 at-bats last year. And when he was healthy, he only hit 236. I do think that Anthony Rendon, when he's right, is still going to be a very viable option for the Angels at third base because I, I think that you know bringing on Bill Porter I think will be good for him. I think that um, if Anthony Rendon is going to be able to buy into the culture of what's going on here, it's going to be a big deal. And don't let some of the comments that Rendon has made or, or some of the way that the comments have been perceived about from Anthony Rendon by the media, how they're how they're taken in. Don't let that fool you because we spoke with Logan O'Hoppy a little bit earlier, and Logan talked about, and this is unprompted by the way. I didn't ask about this. Talked about you know the the leadership of Anthony Rendon and how much Rendon has meant to him. Take a listen to what Logan O'Hoppy had to say. Yeah, I've never never tried once hit a home run in my career. Um, I'm just trying to hit something hard through the middle of the field and. Um, I got to be on time first, so that's something I always try to emphasize is being on time. And if I'm going to err on the side of that, then be a little early and uh, just trying to hit something in the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, I've been trying to polish that as well. I mean, I've been talking to um, Rendon a bunch this offseason. He's helped me so much with um, swing stuff and approach and um, whatever Maybe I try to pick his brain as much as I can, and, and he's been a huge help for me this offseason. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my approach to the plate, and, and obviously it, it – you make adjustments as you go, but um, yeah, Tony's been huge for me helping me with that. I found that to be pretty interesting because when I talk to players and when I hear things from the clubhouse, 
overwhelmingly positive about Anthony Rendon. And I can understand why some people are wanting to see the results from Anthony because we haven't necessarily gotten those yet. And then here he is uh, a little bit earlier this week in camp talking about just where his priorities are at right now. Top priority for you, though? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time <laughs> it is. So, so do you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, okay. So, did Anthony Renzon necessarily come off the way I think that he probably would have liked? Maybe not. And I think about what Anthony Rendon said there. And, okay, his faith and family come first. Isn't that that way for everybody? And he did say baseball is still a priority. I don't know that he really liked that line of questioning at that time. It, it, you know, it sounded like that was a part of it. And I, I know that there have been a lot of questions like, does Anthony Rendon, does, does, does Tony really want to be here? Well, he showed up to camp a day early, and he was working on the field with Ron Washington, you know, on the backfields doing ground balls. Like, how many veterans that have the contract that Rendon has spent a lot of time with the manager taking ground balls? Like, that doesn't happen. That's, that's particularly unusual for that to happen, and I think that's unusual in a good way. And... You know, having Rendon buy into the culture that Ron Washington has going on, I think that's going to be something that Ron is is absolutely pushing. And I think that when you, you talk about Anthony Rendon in the room and with the guys, they like him, they respect him, they look up for, to him. What's the guy accomplished? Well, he's a World Series champion. And, you know, he had a ton of success in Washington. And we just haven't seen healthy Rendon be able to be that with the Angels yet. But if he can have an impact on the guys, like behind closed doors, I think I just think that there is a real inconsistency from what we hear about Anthony Rendon and what maybe he says in the media compared to what the guys say about him in the clubhouse. I, I, I don't. I, it just doesn't quite match, and I have a hard time getting to the bottom of it. You know, I, I know Anthony a, a little bit, and. You know, that's, again, it, it's hard. It, it, sometimes he's one of those guys that, that puts up walls to the media, and it's, it's hard to, to connect all the time with that. And I, I felt like that was maybe what was on display with those first comments that Anthony Rendon made to begin spring training because it doesn't necessarily seem to align with what a lot of other people have said about him and what he does maybe behind closed doors. So that's where I'm at with Anthony Rendon. You're hoping for the best. You also know that you know you have you you have Miguel Sano somewhere in the organization. You have Rangifo that can play third base. Like you have options. You have players that can, that can be there, and you you have to at this point um, because Rendon is you know his track record with the Angels. He has not been healthy enough. But if he can be healthy, he can stay healthy. And another thing too, just because he's on the not on the field doesn't mean he's not coming to work every single day. I think that's a common misconception. Anthony, you know, rehabbing is harder than than playing. I think if you were to ask most guys, I think most guys would tell you it's harder to rehab than it is to play. And he has put in the time rehabbing. So would, would Anthony Rendon rather be on the field? I would I would bet absolutely yes. And he's going to try to do that. Now, does he feel like you know baseball is the be-all, end-all for his life? No. And he's never been one of those guys. It's who Anthony Rendon is. It's not like it's, it's not like it's changed now. It's not like anything's different today than it was five years ago than it was ten years ago. Like Anthony is the same guy. It's just that you know while he's been with the Angels, we haven't necessarily seen the on-field results. So it leads to a more critical eye, especially when he has the contract that he has. I can understand that from the fans. I can understand why the fans would be upset about that. But look, I, I just I, Anthony is who he is, and as long as he's able to perform. And that has a chance to be a good thing for the Angels. I, I mean, how many of you were? How many of you have like your job is the absolute most important thing in your life? It's it's probably not for for almost anybody, you know. But at the same time, you know, when you're trying to you know support your family, your job becomes pretty darn important to be able to do that. You know, among a lot of other things, and then you know when you're 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 blessed to have you know a job that you love and you're passionate about. If you if you're 
in that situation, then absolutely, you know, um, you, you are going to love showing up to work every day. And I don't, I don't know that I care if Anthony Rendon loves baseball or doesn't love baseball. Who cares? Like, he's really talented, and if he can be on the field, that's going to help the Angels. And the Angels need that. They need Anthony Rendon uh, to be that. Okay, quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the outfield, and then I'll give you uh, my lineup and go through the pitchers as well. A lot of changes to the bullpen, but I spent way too much time on the infield, so we got to take a quick time out. We'll be back with plenty more Angels recap. Hot Stove Edition here on Angels Radio AM830 and the AM830 app. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Back here on Angels Recap, Hot Stove Edition, the finale of our Hot Stove series. Okay, let's go through the outfield just for a little bit. Kind of running out of time here, but um, we'll get to the pitchers next week. How about that? Make sure you download and listen to the podcast. We'll get to the pitchers next week. Did want to just spend uh, these last few minutes together talking about the outfield. You got Taylor Ward coming off of getting hit by the face uh, by that 92-mile-an-hour sinker from Alec Manoa that didn't sink. And that happens at the end of July. Ends up being done for the season. He's been back in camp, hitting off of live pitching already. He's been in the cage since about mid-November. Sounds like Taylor Ward is going to be back. And when Taylor Ward is right, we're talking about an outstanding player who, in the final month of his season leading up to the injuries, despite some, you know, he got off to a poor start in April, struggled, he was kind of hot and cold, in May, but when you look at his June and July, he was outstanding and in the four weeks before he got hit by that pitch, uh, he had an OPS over a 1,000. So I look at Taylor Ward, and when Taylor Ward is right, that is a bona fide all-star caliber player uh, that the Angels have in left field. You know Mike Trout is going to be in center field, and well, while we're talking about all these players on the roster, uh, Mike was busy talking in camp yesterday about pushing for more. This offseason, I was in contact with both of them, just um, pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, you know, there's, like I said, there's still there's still some guys out there that can make this team a lot better. But, uh, you know, just with the guys we got in here now, it's the first day of spring, um, you know. But the additions, what Perry's brought to this bullpen, I, I've always said that playing good defense and, uh, you know, pitching and having a good bullpen and, um, you know, wins. You, you look at that uh, in, the, in the past. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing as, as long as I can till the get to the season starts or till them guys sign. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's just in my nature. You know, I'm doing a, everything I can possible. Um, you know, it's obviously Artie's decision. Um, I just I'm gonna put my two cents in there. Of course, your star player is going to keep pushing for more talent onto the roster. Of course. That's what you expect stars to do. As far as any potential move regarding himself, well, Mike did also make it very clear he's not going anywhere. I'm not worried about what happens or where I'm – Am I? do I want to get traded? I'm not going to get traded. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm going out there and play my game. i gotta, I got to put a full season together. Let me see what happens. I think the biggest thing right now is I think the easy way out is just ask for a trade. Um, you know, there might be a time, maybe. Uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but uh, you know, when I sign that contract, I, I'm loyal. You know, I want to win the championship here, and um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's mainly. I think the 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 overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. So I think that's. That's my, been my mindset, you know, maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculations, you know, came up. So that's where I'm at. I think that when you hear that from Mike Trout, it makes you kind of want to beat your chest and uh, chest and be proud that that is the face of the Angels right there. He wants to win a championship with the Angels. Well, to do that, he's going to have to be on the field more. He played just 82 games last year, and while he had um, a low batting average by his standards, just 263 last year, Mike did have 18 homers, 44 RBI. If that's a full season, we're talking about a 35 homer, 90 RBI year. That obviously did not happen because of the injury. 
three. OPS 858, which is the first time uh, since 2011 when he came up and played just those 40 games that he did not have an OPS over 900, which is a pretty phenomenal feat in and of itself. Look for a bounce back for Mike Trout. And we talked as well with Mike about you know how he plans on staying healthy this year. I thought these were pretty interesting comments he made as well, just about, hey, forget uh, load management, forget trying to DH. He wants to be out on the field every single day. And, and that is, uh, you know, he might, okay, I say every day. He might need a day or two every once in a while. But his plan is to be on the field all the time. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And he also thought I had a great line. He goes, hey, I might not steal 40 bags again, but I might get 20. Look for the Angels to be more aggressive on the bases. That's going to be good for this ball club. Then I'm looking after that um, over at right field. I think that when you're talking about a player in Joe Adele, I feel like the opportunity for him to, to really kind of establish himself this year feels like this is the time to do it. He, he didn't get a the opportunity he should have last year because of an oblique injury. But Mickey Moniak for me is that guy. Probably on opening day, I could see Mickey Moniak as the starting uh, right fielder for the Angels. The Halos also brought in Aaron Hicks, um, who last year for Baltimore, at the end of the season, he struggled with the Yankees. But in Baltimore, man, final 65 games of the season, 275 batting average, 7 homers, 31 driven in, OPS 806. Hicks was very, very good. So I look at that. And I, I kind of get excited. So if I'm going to put my lineup together right now, I got Sean Walt first base, my leadoff guy. I'm going Trout after that. I kind of like Drury DHing, batting third. Then I go to Anthony Rendon at third base as my cleanup guy. Follow that with Taylor Ward in left field, batting fifth. I think my sixth hitter now is Logan O'Hoppy um, at the catching position. And then maybe Mickey Moniak in right field as my seven hitter. Follow that up. Shortstop in Zach Neto. And I kind of like Luis Ifo in the nine hole at second base being kind of that second leadoff guy kind of a player. I think I like that. I think that's the way I would go if you were to ask me today what the lineup's going to look like. We'll see what Ron Washington ultimately does. And next week on the podcast, we'll make sure to get into the pitching. I apologize, kind of ran out of time today, uh, but definitely want to get into the pitchers more next week. We'll get into a lot more Angels baseball all season long. Also, be sure to check out before every spring training game, I'm hosting a, an online pregame show on the AM830 app. That's an app exclusive, so make sure you download that. AM830.net is where you can check that out. Until then, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks for being with us. This has been our Hot Stove Series of the Angels Recap Podcast and Radio Show on Angels Radio AM830 and the AM830 app.